Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. <laughs> this is the opening kickoff podcast available on iTunes, now available for download. Oh, did I say iTunes? I meant SoundCloud. My apologies, folks. We're trying to get on uh, <laughs> iTunes. We're Any on. man over there, Dave? Are you okay? I'm, I'm, I'm peachy. Just right, fine. Man, Just fine. It's a beautiful Monday outside. This is the opening kickoff podcast with your host, Dave Stonewall. The voice you just heard, that was David Miles, my, one of my illustrious co-hosts. How are you, sir? I am ready to get this day over with. I know it's going to be a long week, but you know, we're going to make it. <laughs> Our other host is the one and only Daniel Williams, two-sport athlete. Sir, how are you? Um, I- I'm a little hobbled right now, you know. Sparing my ankle last week, playing some pickup basketball. But you know what? I'm, I'm going to get back on the horse, and I'm going to be all right. <laughs> we have... Before, before, before we get to pay no disrespect, I want to just acknowledge Dan for his achievement that he got uh, this weekend. Of what? The ECAC. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what he did? He was honored by the ECAC. Uh, was it quarter, was the quarterback? The quarterback of the what was it? Just uh, being a um, second team uh, quarterback for like the ECAC, like the region, like they picked like the quarterbacks in D three. And coming off of a ACL tear, that's I'm just saying, I'll give you some props even though you are slow as snail. I appreciate that, Dave. Thank you. Well, I, I, guess so I, like, I liked how you acknowledged him, but didn't even know the name of what he got. <laughs> hey, let's acknowledge something I don't know what he did. Look, I wouldn't say player of the year, but he's not that good. He that, didn't win that, though. That voice you just heard, that is our good friend Peyton Gerard here. And we have first-timer on the opening kickoff this year. Party. This oh, year the on the podcast. I'm, I'm down with <laughs> The one and only Duke Becker is here with us. Duke, hey, how are you? <laughs> Pretty good. We are going to talk some hockey. We are going to talk NFL. The scouting combine is starts tomorrow. Who is it? Uh, I think it's just the big boys. Usually the big boys. I know it's bench. I'm saying big boys on the uh, bench and the uh, different tests that come along with the strength strength category. So we'll see what the big boys have to offer. I do believe Miles Garrett. Will be participating in this NFL conference? He should be participating. I've, I've heard. I think most of them are participating. I don't think so. I think it's just O-line, D-line. Watch out for OJ Howard. Well, we'll get more into that as we get along here, but we will be talking some hockey as the NHL is ramping up towards the playoffs. Uh, that's not David and Dan's strong suit. So if you're looking to hear them talk hockey, You'll have Part to go elsewhere. <laughs> Dan, Dan acts like he doesn't know hockey, but he plays NHL just as much as us. And he just he just doesn't want to buy in because he doesn't want to root for the Flyers because he doesn't want to get hurt more than he already is. Okay, well, I reaching like Odell. Over Let's there. not say that NHL I, is our only playing NHL is our only source of hockey knowledge here. Whoa! Fighting words. How about the fighting words last night at the Oscars? Why not? A sports show, and we're going to start with the Oscars and that fiasco that was with the Best Picture Award. So what did you guys think when you saw what happened last night at the Oscars? What I want to know is such a professional show 
So it's a professional organization. How can you have this small mix-up like that? Some I really, really, really do. <laughs> <laughs> thank, thank, thank you, thank you, baby. But um, I want to know how something like that can happen, you know. Because the MS don't even get an award. But the award for a lot of land? She got the Best Actress Award, which is what I think caused the mix-up. But was that like before that award or after? Like, I didn't that was that. before that award, so from be, what so I understand. So they didn't duplicate, duplicate things that given them the actual... That's what I understood from what... I think, I think he just know. got the wrong card. Someone, and then like, like, someone on the line, someone messed up and needs to be held accountable for it. But the, besides that, I mean, that's what that. happened. We learned from, we learned from Steve Harvey, you know... You gotta keep moving forward. They had to handle it as best they could. The so. best, the best part was watching. Uh, I think it was Warren Beatty's face. The guy that was reading it when he looked at the card and realized that it wasn't the right card. He had his look of help. Does <laughs> th- Does anyone else know what just happened? And then he goes to show it to the I don't know who the actress was that was presenting it with him, and she just read it off, and you could see his face go no. No, shouldn't have done that. No. See, my problem with that is I would have been like, hey, we have the wrong card. Because instead of making you and the officer look dumb, you can at least be okay, there's been a mix up. Everyone makes mistakes. Now you have to cover yourself by saying, oh, well, I read the wrong card. I just said this was the wrong card from the jump. Then all of a sudden, everyone would have avoid taking L's. I think they should have just waited until they went to backstage and then told them that like, their hopes and dreams were done. <laughs> Like instead of like embarrassing themselves like in front of everyone, made made for great reality television though. I don't, think, I don't think anyone needs to be held accountable. Everyone makes mistakes. Yeah, I mean, and that I just like that was just like, but that, that's too big of a stage to make a mistake on. Eh, I mean, it's the Oscars. I mean, like, it's, it's a big thing. But like, I mean, did you watch the Oscars? Who watches the Oscars? Exactly. Did you? Exactly. That's what I'm saying. It's like, but, but that, but I think like, everyone says that's they exactly watch. Exactly like saying you going to represent a school. At something that not everyone sees, but you're still representing them. Like you're still, uh, you're still a part of them. So everyone is not. I'm trying to word this. But it's not. Really I get what you're right. saying. I yeah, get where you're going with it. Thank you. Because I, I was trying to land. Just stop. I got. I got you. All right. So I'm going to hand this over to Dan and David because they will be piloting us through the uh, NHL discussion this week. Fellas, we've hit the midway point. We've just passed All-Star Weekend. NHL season will be picking up towards the playoff race here in April. Right now, who do you guys see as the best team in the West? Start with you, Peyton. I mean, this year has just been, like, so many surprises. Like, you you don't think the Minnesota Wild are still going to be in it at this point in the year. I mean, like, they made some moves. Made some, they even made their team better yesterday. Adding some players, the Blackhawks, they're they're kind of getting back to where they, they normally are. You know what I mean? Um, Sharks are still there. Predators are hanging around. I don't think they can make a playoff push. I think right now I just have to say the Wild because of how well they've consistently played all year. Because it's like one of those things like you don't know how good they really are, but they're continuously doing this. The Blackhawks, I mean. They are who they are. They we all know they're one of the best teams. It's gonna be them in the West. Last year they kind of felt they definitely fell off. Didn't think they were gonna lose that early. But I think if I had to pick, it'd be like the Wild and the Sharks are there for me. All those three are right there for the taking for the West. Um, but I'll just say, I'll say Wild. I'll say Wild. And, yeah, Peyton definitely touched on everything. There's Minnesota's had a great season. They made a lot of moves. Adding Martin Hansel earlier, 
they really like they're they're showing that they want to win this year. They gave up some of their prospects, some a lot of their picks. Sorry. Um, Edmonton's always scary with the top mm. ten talent they have down there. They're hanging around. Um, also, I don't want anyone to forget about the Kings, who are fighting for that wild card spot. But adding Ben Bishop earlier the other day really changes that team. That's Jonathan Quick and Ben Bishop, two top goalies in the league. And that's if in the playoffs, that's that's dangerous. Right. If they get hot, there's no hope against them. So I I'm gonna stay with the Wild because they've made some important moves. But the Kings are definitely a dark horse. Before we get to Dave, I want to ask from the non-hockey fan: How does that happen? Where a goalie who led his team to the Stanley Cup Finals, I think two seasons ago, gets traded? You want anybody else? I get, well, I, I, get I, 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 don't I mean, quite, quite, quite simply, what happened was Tampa Bay last year when Bishop got that knee injury right at the beginning of the playoffs. They, yeah, they had Andre Vasilevsky who. Emerges 21 years old, so he's younger than Bishop, yeah. and His wasn't. Too, yeah, yes. Bishop was coming up as a free agent. The less expensive option was already there and was playing right near the level yeah. of Ben Bishop. So that's where it happened. And honestly, it's a smart move for Tampa Bay to at least try to get something out of it. Exactly. So yeah, you, yeah, you see, I'm a, I'm obviously a Penguins fan, and. I'm going in, I'm watching this playoff game last year. Ben Bishop, I don't even know what he does to himself. It looked like he dislocated his hip, knee, everything. And I'm like, this is it. We're going to sweep. This is cake. And then Vasilevsky comes in. And I mean, I don't even know who this guy is. And he's just making every save. Stopping Crosby, Kessel, Malkin. I'm, I'm thinking, this is not going to be easy. Who is this guy? And he's, I mean, he's, he's basically just putting on a showcase. I'm going to get paid somewhere if you don't pay me. Ben Bishop, they're kind of the Tampa Bay were doing the kind of same thing we're doing right now with Flurry and Murray. They're just kind of flipping them all like year. It's not just been one guy. And like like Dave said, he wanted to get paid. So I don't know. I mean, it was the right move to get get him out of there. Yeah, the Kings definitely caught a break too with uh, Peter Budaj playing uh, backup John Quick when he went out with the uh, knee injury. He definitely played himself into a. Like top like backup spot in Tampa Bay and earning the Kings the right to trade for division. Yeah, and you have to think that Jonathan Quick just played his first game about four or some months. So and it's a groin injury, and you're constantly moving with your groin as a goalie. So if he tears his groin again, you need somebody. And their backup goalie was atrocious. <coughs> he was probably one of the worst goalies I've ever seen. I saw him play the Caps, and they I mean, granted it's the Caps, but it was it was just awful to watch. Dave. Who you got as the best team in the West right now? I'm going to have to agree with our hockey experts over here and lean lean Minnesota, <laughs> lean Minnesota for right now. They're the most consistent team. They got a pretty good home record, pretty good road record. They got Zach Parisi, Jason Palmonville. Uh, Devin Dubnik is one heck of a goaltender, and they'll be able to care, hold their own in the West. The only thing will be – can they stop Chicago and say a seven-game series? And I think the jury still ends up being out on that one because Chicago, year in and year out, is like Pittsburgh. They're always there. They always have playmakers, and they're always hard to beat when you play them in seven games. So I lean Minnesota right now because they're the best team, but Chicago has made it a very tough choice. Now, I don't hear a lot about San Jose, who was in the finals last year. Have they fallen off the wagon? No. I mean – 
they're they're still there and, and they're playing great hockey. It's just they're <clears throat> there's an East Coast bias here. Yeah. We don't get to see a lot of their games yeah. unless they they're on later. And yeah. I mean they're they've been playing pretty good hockey, but it seems that when it comes down to the clutch moments throughout the season I've seen, they kind of fall apart a little bit. Just like I mean, there are plenty of times that they could have won against the Penguins and scored some like pretty big goals to try to push series. But they just did. I mean, they did fight us off in Pittsburgh when we could have clinched it, which would have been nice. But they they couldn't get it done when they were back home. It didn't matter. So I just feel like watching them a lot last year in the Stanley Cup, I don't know. I just don't know if they're really there. They're definitely a defensively talented team. They have uh, some tremendous players back there. Um, Martin Jones hit or miss at goaltending on games. Sometimes they'll have a bad game there. That can really let the team down. <laughs> And they're just, they're just older up front. You know, Joe Thornton oh. is their centerman, and he's... He's about a trillion. Yeah, about around that age. And so it's really just, you don't know how long they're going to last in the playoffs. Wear and tear is going to really make a difference. Yeah, I mean, it's just... I'd, I'd like to see a rematch, honestly, a little bit of San Jose and them. But I don't know. I mean, I, I think it's hard to say that they're going to beat the Minnesota Wild or Chicago. I mean... They didn't have to really – their path last year was a little different. They didn't have to go through teams that have been there before. They went through teams that really were on experience in the playoffs. So it kind of was a toss-up more than that. So, I don't know. Dave? I, I look at the team that I'm actually – say to keep your eye on – I'm watching – keep your eye on St. Louis. They're red hot right now under Mike Geo, who was who is their interim head coach, probably going to get promoted – to be their full-time head oh, yeah, coach because he's done a pretty good job. They're on a hot streak. They've, they've lost three in a row, but they were playing pretty well under him. I don't think they can really do much at the top of the Western Conference. but they have A lot of young talent, Ronnie Fabry. They just traded for Nelly Akapov from the Oilers. I just think goaltending is their big issue there. I don't think they have anything consistent. I wouldn't sleep on Edmonton either. They're, oh, a, hard, I mean, I think they're a hard team they're for great. me to put a finger on and say what exactly – they got such good young talent. Yes, Dan, but can't I can't put a can't put a finger on them just yet. But I think another year of McDavid and that that young group of kids getting that seasoned experience under their belts, man, they could be a real force in the Western Conference. Yeah. But I just I would I like Edmonton, like them, like they're just kind of fun to watch. You know, what right? I mean? Like they're that, that team like I could root for. You know what I mean? Right. But like. Like you want to root when was for the last them? time they were in the playoffs. Right. You want to root for them, but then you know they're not there yet to where they're going to be able to match even a Minnesota, in my opinion. I mean, I think I mean definitely they need goals. I mean, Cam Talbot's not gonna really get the job done in the playoffs. No, there's a reason the Rangers, my team, let him let him walk away. Yeah, he played well when they, when they uh, Yeah, he played well, he played well, but there's a reason why they went with uh Ratana instead of Talbot. I think that just looking at the Western Conference since that's where we started, it's a lot more competitive all around than the Eastern Conference, where it's a lot of metropolitan division play teams is really the big key. So you guys have talked about you know your sleepers and whatnot. Who are your biggest disappointments of the year so far? The, the Dallas Stars, hundred percent. I mean, they have so much talent on this team. You got. Sharp, you got Sagan. Sagan, I don't he's probably beside himself right now, like looking at these guys and just wondering what is happening to this team. They got destroyed the other night by Boston. 
it, it's just crazy to me that this team with so much talent, and a year ago they were thriving. And they, I mean, they haven't really lost that many people, from my knowledge. I can't really remember them losing it that many people. How, how do you fall that bad? And they're, they're just in a bad streak right now. I mean, I just can't. I mean, they're 7 and 18 on the road. They're, they're just 17, 10, and 6 at home. Last 10, they're 3 and 7. They're just falling apart. It's, it's crazy to me. And also, Tampa Bay Lightning, they're and getting rid of Ben Bishop, I think they're hoping something happens, but right now I don't know how they've fallen apart so bad, too. Uh, so we're going in the whole league, not just Western Conference. All right, cool. Um, yeah, definitely uh, Dallas has had some issues, but and I'm going to, of course, be partial and say that Philadelphia has not played up to their standards with the talent they have. You know what, I would, uh, uh, what, uh, what talent uh, would you speak of? What, where is anyone that? Where is the talent? Wayne Shane. They do have they do Wayne have Simmons. I will say this right now is in. your best player. Playing right now, yes. Playing right now. Didn't they used to have Claude Giroux? Forwards. Claude Giroux is still playing. He's still. I'm saying that's what I'm saying. They're slumping right now. They're not scoring. Yes. Wayne Simmons is carrying. Defensively though, wait a few years. I have Provorov gets his game on. Travis Sanheim comes up. Sam Moran. Jane Goss is better. But your biggest problem, yeah, that said it all. Don't need to say anything else. Um, but other than that, on the uh, the disappointment standpoint, I want to say actually Detroit sitting at the bottom of the bottom of the East, and yeah, they got they lost Pavel Datsyuk this over the summer. Retired, went back to uh, Russia. They didn't retire. He just kind of oh, like, went back to Russia. Said, no, I'm done. And Detroit's are one of those teams that's, you know, a hockey town. They've made the playoffs the last 20 years plus, I believe. And I'm not sure the exact number of years. And But that streak's in serious jeopardy sitting in the bottom of the Eastern Conference right now. And, you know, Detroit's a historic franchise. It's important for them to succeed in the NHL for them. I will agree with you guys once again. I think it's Detroit, and I think it's Dallas. Dallas, I think part of their problem is, as Peyton alluded to, the Western Conference is just such a tough conference to play in that you start. <laughs> you may have talent, but, boy, if you're not a complete team, you're yeah. going to get lit up. And Dallas has, Dallas has shaky goaltending, I think, at best. Letman is, not, is nowhere near – Dubnik or Crawford or Darling at the top of the West End. I want to say Antti is their backup on that team list, I, I believe. And he's, yeah. he, has I, a, he's, he had his day, but I feel like they're still holding on to some Asian players. Yeah, yeah it's Antti Nemi and Kari Letman that are their two goalies in Dallas. And then th- those guys, you can't put them up in the top of the class with Quick and the other top know. goalies in the West. So they're vul- very vulnerable there against very good scorers in the West. If you watch the um, all-star game, especially in that Pacific, they got scores. So if you're facing the West the majority of your time and you have bad goaltending, you're going to give up points. It's the same thing in the East when you look at a Philadelphia, Tampa Bay with their inconsistencies with Ben Bishop uh, and, yeah, formerly Ben Bishop. And then you look at Detroit, Mrazek, I don't think they really figured out yet who they really want behind goal. So you get Jimmy Howard some nights. You get Mrazek. I think Howard's out right now, if I'm correct. Uh, I'm not sure. 
he might be. But when you have inconsistent goaltending like Dallas and like Detroit have and like Philadelphia where you don't have a straight guy to turn to <clears throat> night in and night out, say like Matt Murray in Pittsburgh or Henrik Lundqvist in New York or uh, Braden Holpe with the Capitals, you aren't going to win because these there are so many strong teams with so many good scorers now in the NHL. You don't have a good goaltender. You aren't going to be around long. Look at the Florida Panthers. They were in the playoffs last year and falling apart. Yeah, they. Have I'm not. The reason I didn't put them on my like surprise is because I'm not that surprised that they fell apart this quickly. Yeah, they're not a disappointment because they're still there. They're still like the Yager. Islanders. Still love Yager. Yeah, well, they're like right got, there. They've got um, Parkov. They've got young talent mixed with some aging veterans. It's just kind of a hard spot to be in. They're right. Not sure whether they're building for the future or trying to win now. Yeah. And I think it's the same with the New York Islanders. They're in that where they got some good young talent, but they've also got a lot of aging stars. So they're left in this kind of no man's land right now. Except I think the Islanders are pretty close to possibly sneaking into the playoffs. Yeah. I think we can all kind of guess who Peyton might say the best team in the East is. No. Mm-hmm. 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 Interesting. Mm-hmm. Would you Would you care to elaborate, Zach? All right. We're talking right now. Uh, you can't you can't deny that the Capitals are the best team right now in the East. Even I you can't you can't deny it. Yeah. I mean I get what Dan's saying. It's like a you know self thing you know pride whatever. But the Caps right now are on their tear. They're on their little run, boys. But like I said a few weeks ago, I'm not worried. That, I mean they're just they're getting all the good, all the goals. So out then right just now. come out and say that your team is better. My if team you're not worried, just come out and say your team your team's the best. I hope the Penguins play the Capitals in the playoffs. I, I, I want to hear a prediction. I, right now? Don't break your finger. Don't do this, man. I mean, if they can make it to the Penguins, I would oh, say it goes to six or seven. Go to six or Ooh. seven, and then I hope that they lose it in Washington. Absolutely hope that. Don't And also, I'm going to find out if Matt Murray is a real deal in the playoffs. I'm going to find out if he has just that clutch gene like I saw last year. Hmm. That's that's what I got for the East. I mean, it's going to be one of those two. Lundqvist has been deteriorating all year. I don't know. He's been up and down. Columbus scares me. Just I, Colum- I think Columbus. I think I was going to say. I think Columbus right now would be my sleeper slash almost favorite yeah. in the East because they've don't been wanna, they've been the that. most consistent team. I think they had that run, but. Then after that run ended, they didn't really hit a, a, a dry spell. They kind of just went, picked right back up where they were after that loss that they had to the Capitals. Well, I get the feeling with the Capitals, this is another one of these years where they're going to be streaky. They get on this magnificent yeah. run. You want to put all your eggs in their basket, and they're going to lose in the first round because even at the bottom of the East, Boston is better. If you play Toronto, Toronto is a lot Toronto better. Bit. I want them. I want them to make the playoffs because they're so exciting. They're You've like also got team. Montreal. I mean, the Rangers, the Penguins. The, the East is loaded. It's but a, I gotta go Columbus it's a right now. Conference or alone division to be a fan of a team in there. Now, obviously, Washington's on. Looks like they're on the way to another uh, President's Trophy. Doesn't matter. Someone argued that does, Oh no, that doesn't matter. Someone President's told me the other day. Hey, did you forget we won the President's Trophy? That's, I go. That's 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 nice. <laughs> you, you want a cookie? Remember what the Penguins did? A couple weeks later, they, they hold it up. 
they they hoisted Lord Stanley's cup. That's not what you dream about in your backyard. That's not in, in Manitoba. Um, so, um, but yeah, no, definitely uh, Columbus is a very scary team. They get on some really nasty streaks. I think got up to 16, 17 games. Is where it topped out at. Yeah, it was and, something. I mean, Toronto's super talented. I don't think they're going to make it in. That's not me saying that. I think mm. the Flyers are going to take that spot. But I feel like it's going go to go to a Metro team, the Islanders or the Flyers. It's going to come down to late in the season. There's a lot of players. I can see games. that. Now, other, looking at the other, in the other, uh, in, in, in the other division, Montreal, <laughs> the, uh, the Canadians are they're a talented team. They made the trade for Shea Weber. And you want them to succeed because they have the talent and Carey Price is an amazing goal. You want to see him lift the cup. But I just feel like it's not their year. Or they, any, or their division's incredibly weak, though, behind Montreal. They're it's, missing, like, certain pieces to this puzzle. Oh, yeah. They, I mean, Carey Price, it, it sucked for them last year because he was hurt all year. And people forget he was the best goalie oh, in the game. He, I feel like he is missing a step from like a couple years ago, but it's not by much, I guess. No, not, you not know? a huge drop off. Like you see that with other goalies though. Mm-hmm. Like you have like Ryan Miller, who was American hero a few couple years ago. You don't even know. People, Dan doesn't even know who that is. I actually do. He played for the Sabers. He was the goalie in the 2010 World Olympics. I think it was 2010. Yeah, Allegedly, yeah, 2010. I don't know. We'll fact check that. But yes, <laughs> I do remember watching the Olympics and watching Ryan Miller play well for the USA. Right. Remember fact checking? No, 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 it's not that I think Columbus right now, in my opinion, is the best team in the Eastern Conference. As I stated earlier, they got they're really deep line wise. They could go three or four lines deep, and you still have almost an A plus guy there. They can score goals. They're just a tough team. You, the pl- team that you don't want to have to face. You want to f- have faith in the Capitals, but if I'm going to be honest, it's going to it's going to be a team. Well, okay, because no, you're Pittsburgh. Well, that's true. I'm a Ranger fan, and I don't want them. But I'd like to ask how how that came apart. Came about. Came about. Well, you have to understand. <laughs> in, in in my family, we're we're we don't we only have two that I know of that root for the Capitals. So we're all kind of all over the map. And of course, when I was growing up, the Rangers were really successful with Henrik Lundqvist. I like John Tortorella, their coach. So I kind of naturally gravitated over towards them. Then when they started doing. You guys remember when HBO would do the 24-7? The, oh, the yeah. Oh, yeah. That's when I really got locked on the Rangers because I watched Tortorella and I said, dude, this guy cusses every other word. He is awesome. I want to watch this team play every night. Sure enough, yeah. Tortorella is now in Columbus, but I still watch the Rangers. Definitely that, uh, that's, that uh, road to the NHL Winter Classic with the uh, Flyers and the Rangers. That's, that's, that's I will say this. Living with Duke, I watched a little hockey last year. 24-7 was on. Definitely a quality show. Right. A lot of like hard knocks. Yeah, one more thing to touch on, just that you mentioned. Uh, John Tortorella, coach of the Blue Jackets. What makes them so dangerous is that they don't have that one defining star. They're a, they're literally a, a team, a team effort. You don't really identify one player. Maybe, maybe Brandon Saad. You said you said the Blues, the Blue Jackets. Oh, okay. I thought you said the yeah, Blues. Yeah. I would say uh, Vladimir Tarasenko. Oh, yeah, Tarasenko's not NHL. All right, all right. I got you. <laughs> 
Now, you speak about players. You got the usual suspects. Sid the Kid, Jesus. Ovechkin. Who do you guys have now as your MVP? Wayne Simmons. No shot. It's not Wayne Simmons. Oh, hold on, hold on. That's someone from Minnesota. I just can't remember the name. Not Parisi. Koivu? Yeah. Koivu has been a big part of Minnesota's success. Him and Parisi. If you if you could make it a team award, I would give it to the Lions that the Minnesota Wild have because they're they're a lot like Columbus and they have a, they they have a star in Minnesota, but they're not a really they don't rely on them. But I would have to go either Koivu or Parisi because they have really done a lot to help. I'm not going to shock anyone here saying that it's probably Connor McDavid, the points leader right now. He's really just playing well for the Oilers. Who, I mean, even though they have a lot of first-round picks, just don't have that level of competition talent yet. Yeah, I think, I mean, normally who wins the MVP, normally who wins points, or close to it. I mean, kind of goes that way. Connor McDavid right now holding at 71 points, 63 games. I mean, you could give it to him. Because of what he's done in Edmonton, youngest captain ever. 19 when he was left. Yes, exactly. So it's like, it's crazy how good their future looks, and he's leading in points. So if you could do that, you do Sidney Crosby, 54 games, 67 points. I'm favored that. He'll, lead, he'll win in goals, doesn't matter. But I can't see him winning it. I mean, it's just, it's McDavid or Brent Burns. If you don't know who Brent Burns is right now, a defenseman who's third in points with 65 points, 27 goals, 38 assists. You don't do that very often. He's no. easily one Brent of the best. Brent a tremendous player. I absolutely hate Brent Burns after the playoffs last year. Stanley Cup. Just thought he was a Canadian scumbag. Sorry. But I just got to say, he's he. I would give it to Brent. For a defenseman, it's so crazy to see someone thrive that well on offense. Too. It's so impressive. Definitely the most trophy winner. Oh, 100%. It's not even close right now. I'm going to have to do a recourse of quote, not so fast there on the uh, um, Sidney Crosby. Yeah, yeah. But 54 games, 67 points, and he's leading in goals. That's impressive. Those are Sid the Kid numbers. And that's that's Sid the Kid numbers because, oh, yeah, wearing the Phil Kessel jersey, speaking of other players on that team. I'm just saying, help him out. Fill the thrill. Is the most humble guy in the NHL. Yeah. He doesn't care about that. He's, yeah, he's tremendous. I, I love him. That's why. But the, I feel like... I said the kid not to watch. Person, oh, no. I, I can't say the yeah. words on He's a Tom Brady of hockey. I, I just want to... I just think that... He is. Mm. Mm. We're not getting into that. We are not getting into that. <laughs> no. We could be here Don't all night. No. Before Dave was on, Duke, when you quote the great Lee... Make sure you say it like you I'm not going to do all that. But you also have to make sure you have a pencil in your hand. No, I don't have a mask on. You have to stop that here. I can't do that. <laughs> you have to make sure. Oh, we're we're, we're unveiling the new segment where David will start wearing the mascot heads. <laughs> all right. Interesting. I'm, I'm on board. Have to, I'm going to have to bring <laughs> them in. To that too. We can bring in a wild stack while we care. Let's, let's do this. So who do, you, who, who do you pick? Right. I said Brett Burns. Who you got? Connor David. Dave. Dave? I'm gonna have to go goalie, which is weird, but they are the MVP. I gotta go Dubnik. He's got a very low goals against rate. I can't disagree. He's he's been very surprising. Yeah, didn't think he was gonna do that well. And to piggyback off what I was talking about with Minnesota, 
where I'd look breezy and Koivu. Let's be honest, Dubnik's the best goalie in the Western Conference right now. I got to give it to him because if Dubnik is not playing at this high of level, Minnesota is not where they are. So my vote goes to Devin Dubnik because he has had a phenomenal season, and you only hope he can carry that in the I mean, postseason. Oh, I will say this: he he is one of only he is the only person in the NHL right now that is in top two in goals against average, save percentage, and wins for goalies right now. That's, so look at Dan throwing out some heat with Ooh. the stats. Dave is right on with that pick. I think uh, I just want to interject real quick again. The goalie win MVP is is a tough pick to make because it's just not a consistent thing that really happens. It's almost like a defensive player when I'm hot. Yeah, but he, like, for example, Carey Price, we talked about a little bit earlier, when he was out for a game and uh, Montoya, their backup, was in, what was that, 10, 10 goals? They found At least. It was, oh, it was disgusting. They were on a run, and they just gave up yeah. so many. All right, so I think that about wraps it up. That's One bad. question. What would you think of the Penguins traded Marc-Andre Fleury before the deadline? I wouldn't be surprised. That would be smart because I've heard the Vegas franchise has eyes on uh, yeah, Mark Andre Fleury. So I think the best move for them would be get do what Tampa did. Get something for him now and build for the future because Matt Murray's a better goalie right now. Yeah. Okay. Just just wondering. I, I think the same thing, but I doubt it because if Matt Murray gets hurt, I'm scared. <laughs> Well, and, I mean, you look at the East, you look where they play, you're looking at possibly playing a Columbus. That's uh, a lot of seven-game series. Rangers. I mean, these these are teams that yeah. on a good day can stretch at six games. Yeah, you're going to see these go pretty deep, I think, in the East. Oh, playoffs. yeah, because all those teams are very close. That's why I can't say the Capitals are far superior to anybody. We're going to switch gears a little bit here. We're going to take it more of a – Athletically superior sport, if you ask me. Oh, uh, whoa, right. we're gonna go. To, whoa, we're gonna go, we're gonna go to football. You're gonna get a mob of hockey players out here. You're just, I'm sorry, but hockey players are probably some of the most athletic people. Like they're on skates, Dan. That's fine. Retweet. They're That's on fine. skates. Like delivering the, Ray Lewis hits. The sport doesn't compare. On skates. On skates. The sport doesn't compare. Ah. For the record, Peyton, I disagree with something. For the record, I'm not all on Dan's side. I do give each credit, each four credit where it's due. But yes, we're going to go towards, we are going to go towards football. So we're going to start off with uh, big news. Okay, I'll take Oh yes, Antonio Brown has re-signed with the Pittsburgh Steelers. He just became sigh. He just became the highest-paid receiver in the NFL. Le'Veon Bell will be getting the franchise tag. Uh, the the four killer bees will be back. The Ravens must draft a cornerback. We'll get to that. We also have, let's recap, what also happened. Tremaine Johnson and the Rams will be getting a franchise tag. Jason Pierre-Paul got one. Chandler Jones got one. Kwan Short got one. It sounds like Eric Berry is on the fast track to be getting a franchise tag. But he has already said that he does not want to play under the franchise tag. But that does mean, though, that Poe might become a free agent. I think he's already going to become a free agent, which only helps drive down Brandon Williams' price tag for the Ravens. But Important I, information, Alshon Jeffrey did not get the franchise tag. Yeah, you, I'm not paying a receiver. No, I'm not no, paying no, him $17 million. No, that's ridiculous. That's I will. That's stupid. I will. That's that, stupid. Maybe that's, why, maybe that's why you are where you are. That's, oh. that's probably very oh, true. Where are you? 
Playoffs. Hey, take this for now. For, for now, for right, now. I will say the Eagles will Eagles will make the playoffs within the next two three years. And I and I, I but to my my original question, I wanted to ask you, Antonio Brown now the highest paid receiver in the league. Is he the best receiver in the league? No. What does Julio make? When is Less, the very. Uh, I. Th- is he still the rookie? Is he rookie? Julio? I think he's he's still? Curious. I'm just curious because that's where this I is going. Yeah, that's where this is where he is. I just want to know. I just want to know what he's paid. Okay, well, um, in the meantime, well, we'll get in. We're gonna get into the Ravens. That's really uh, no, I was not gonna go to the Ravens. Well, we're going to talk combine because there's a lot of storylines coming out of this. Well, going into this, you got the battle of which quarterback you want. You got the battle of who should be the number one overall pick. You've also got Jimmy Garoppolo that you know will be floated he, out there. He's basically looked at as a quarterback coming out of the draft right now. Yes, that's basically what it is. Mm-hmm. So, but to the Julio question, Julio signed a five-year, seventy-one point twenty-five million dollar contract extension, August thirty-first, twenty fifteen. Jeez, he received. So, how much is he? He received forty-seven million in guarantees. The the guarantee consists of twelve million dollar signing bonus. So I do believe that he is sitting somewhere around. Oh, It'd be about the fifteen. Fifteen, sixteen million. Was over here. All right, so let's not let's not act like he's like overpaid. Like you know what I mean. Like who? Brown? No. Brown, no. He's, he's not overpaid. He's, he's in he's in the top top four or five for me because you got the Steelers are close. Obviously, you got to beat the Patriots. That's what it comes down to. But you can't ruin what you got going on right now. And you have Martavis yeah. Bryant coming back. Ben Roethlisberger is getting close to the end here. You know what I mean? But they still. They're still gelling together like they're like brand new receivers, brand new quarterback. They they combined for 50 touchdowns faster than Bradshaw, Linswan, Sower, than all them. I mean, he if you want to say he's not the best in the league, he's number two then, and he's definitely awarded it. Are you gonna tell me he's different? Well, he is. Okay. He is number two. Uh, but he's he number is, one. But he is right. number two. He's number one. And Odell. Odell's number three. Is he number one? No. Julio Jones number one. Not this Julio again. We have had this discussion about Odell Beckham before. You know where I stand. He's not a top three receiver. Who's number three then? Okay, hold on. Top three, Julio Jones, Antonio Brown, A.J. Green. No, no, no. No, 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 come on. You can't. How can you? How inconsistent he's been with injuries and stuff like that. It's sad. It's sad because it is an injury, but you can't grade him as the best player. It's like, oh, Randy Moss missed every game of the year. Oh, he's... He's still not the Odell best is more him. electric with the ball in his hands than two of the people on that list. That's number one. Secondly, if you're gonna put him, if you're gonna say, oh, AJ runs great routes or he he makes the big play. Odell is the same thing. And he it's just it's, he can take over a game too. I mean, like, but you can also take him out because he is very emotional. Yes. See, if you there you go. AJ Green does not get flustered. To be fair, he does have Andy Dalton in the ball, who can be very inconsistent. Mm, but well, he does have Eli Manning, which is on the decline. I will use. I'm uh, not saying. Let me let me clarify yeah, before we get I am not saying that Odell Beckham is not a great receiver. He is just not my top three in my top three. I might throw Mike I, Evans in there. I get a chance to watch. <laughs> I get Why a not? chance to watch AJ Green. And Antonio Brown play twice a year. They are two of them when they are healthy, two of the most dominant receivers in football. And Julio Jones cemented himself in the Super Bowl. AJ's as, stats don't even compare to Odell's. Being hurt or not. 
But that's not fair. He's been hurt. So you got to look at the production. 2015, when they went to the playoffs. I do believe he played all 16 games, all 17 games that year. When they went, they mm-hmm. lost the Steelers in the first round. AJ Green, 1,300 yards, 10 touchdowns. Odell, 50 yards from 15. Okay, hold on, hold on, TDs. hold on. Did the With, Giants? Did the Giants make the playoffs though? And the Giants did the playoffs. Giants make the playoffs? Well, yeah, no. Not in that. No. And then the year after that, when they did make the playoffs, he still had a, a stack and 10 TDs. He gets his. He's a top three because receiver. They don't run the ball. It, it, each run to his ball, own. Run the ball at this point in NFL. This is, if you want to win, throw it. You, oh, you're going to tell me that? Lady yeah. This is yeah. each oh, to its own. Did you guys make the playoffs? How did you make the playoffs without even throwing the ball? This is now about passing the ball. Oh, wasn't around. Oh, that's about First touchdown. The two teams The two teams who made the Super Bowl, what are they predicated off of? Throwing the ball. Throwing the ball. Throwing the ball. Two yards. Still，我们的ball。哎，我们去踢这什么？The Falcons lost it because they didn't run the ball。That's what do you have to say about that？You get there，you get there。Matter of fact，matter of fact，ticket back a week。You can't get to the end of the game without a good quarterback who can deliver
And honestly, I understand. I I can agree with it. Is a little bit unfair sometimes. Yes, but at the same time, it's a very valid point. Go ahead. Just to just to talk about something that you brought up. Talking about being outside versus inside. That's there's obviously like in the south, you different types of weather scenarios that come later in the year. But can you fault a player for their team having a dome? Is that really something you could hold? No, that's not that's not their fault. But then again. That you know you don't play every game in a dome. Mm-hmm. Your Super Bowl is not gonna be, may not be in a dome. So if you miss a clutch opportunity in an outside temperature, it's also you not gonna be playing inside. Odell Beckham dropping passes. It's not. It's also Lambeau, not gonna be in, in cold weather. Yeah, that was in Lambo. After the throw that back to Dan Williams, right? After you went to the boat with a face off, the ball was properly inflated. All I'm saying is that Odell to Odell reputation took a little bit of a like hit from. In my opinion, because when it came time for them to depend on him, he was not strong enough, and you can see he cracked, and he cracked the hole in the wall too. So, I his his image is kind of shaded in my opinion. Okay, so we got really heated there. We've just recapped you on all the NFL news that has arrived. I think we have something else that's really gonna stir this up. Oh. I want to ask a question. We're going into the combine. The debate is going to be who is the best quarterback out of this year's draft class. But I I think we all know who the answer is. But I want to ask this question. Who has the most to prove at the scouting combine? Are we talking strictly quarterbacks? Just quarterbacks for right now, and then we can open it up. I, I mean, I would say Trubisky because he only played one year, but it – it's it's kind of crazy that Deshaun Watson has like he's been categorized as like an, an accurate quarterback almost. It's like he has to perform and put up numbers. I mean he's done it. I I bounce between both of them. The Trubisky argument he only played one season and he's leaving. You know what I mean? But Watson, I mean he's done it multiple times. You know, <clears throat> I think if he doesn't put up numbers, he'll be killed for it. But he'll also slip and someone will steal him. So that's kind of the thing. I will say, if the Browns draft a quarterback, I'm done with that. NFL, I swear. I think they just it'll drive me crazy if they do that. They have to. They just they have to. I know they have to, but I mean, we all know that they should not, and they should just kind of like, in my opinion, you should go into the free agency. But yet, you have to keep on shooting your shot at some new guy because that new guy may be that guy that jumpstarts your. I don't think I don't think the new guy's working in. I mean, no, I don't think there's a I don't think there's a guy for him in this draft. To be honest, I would ride another year with RG three and Cody Kessler, and, and then wait till next year. Wait till next year because there are more. There are you some good quarterbacks coming out next year in next year's draft. Yeah, I mean, you don't want to ride with RG three and them, but I mean, you, you got, got too many other problems. Kind of puts you in more of a hole in other positions. Yeah, yeah, huge holes elsewhere on the team. To the Browns' point. You wonder how much time they have. That's they got the all of the time. But I'm saying, like, how much time are they really giving Hugh Jackson? So if, if they're going to go around of the year RG3, they're basically wasting his time. But to the question, which quarterback has the most to prove through this um, NFL combine? I'm looking at Davis Webb out of California. I think he's got, he's got some things he can work on that I think could really further his status upwards. You saw how Jared Garfield took off through the combine process last season at a Cal. I think David I think Davis Webb 
could have similar results by having a good good combine and a good throwing showing in the combine. Yeah, he's also going to run into Jared Goff's same problems of transitioning to a system. He probably won't be on as bad of a situation as, as sorry, LA was. But I feel like definitely there's some cap quarterbacks, obviously Aaron Rodgers being the most notable one, would take a few years to develop. And I don't think that's a quick fix for anything. He's a prospect. I'm looking to Sean Kaiser. He's a guy that's got that kind of possible first round label. He looks on paper, you look at his size, arm strength. He looks like the quarterback that you could build around. But boy, he had they had Notre Dame had such a bad year. And he had such a bad year at the quarterback position that it almost feels like he has to prove something to be able to be put up in the discussion with Trubisky and with Watson because I think just by his measurables, he matches up with all three relatively well. Yeah. But, boy, his performance on the field took a severe hit this year. I blame that a lot on coaching, though. With it. I think, I'm think i surprised Brian Kelly still has a job there, at, especially with Notre Dame, because he's been there for a while, you know what I mean? And this, I guess this was his first real bad year. But, I mean, it was so bad. It was it was just awful. I mean, did they lose to NC State this year in that, like, like that yes. hurricane or that was one of the worst football games. You watched it. It was not a hurricane. It, it was something. It was. It, it looked like a hurricane. It looked pretty awful out there. I think at one point they not punted the ball and it stuck to the ground. So David, who's the quarterback that you think has the most to prove? I think the quarterback that has the most to prove is Deshaun Watson coming off of beating Bama. You know, people are thinking he's like he's in this big quarterback. You know, big great quarterback that could be. The jumpstart to another to a franchise, and I think that pressure may kind of make him bold. I mean, I, I don't think he's that. What's the word here? That solid yet. I think that if the team throws him out there, you know, that may kind of ruin everything. And I think he's a quarterback needs to develop. So he definitely has the most improved this year. But I do have a question. Well, do y'all think Chad Kelly will find a home? Listen. I like Chad Kelly a lot because of what he can do on the football field. He, he, I mean, he made some big mistakes, definitely. Um, well, he, I think he got in a fight in the, on his bye week, beat up some kid in his brother's football game, got caught smoking. Some dude took a picture of him. Social media is poison. I don't know why you'd ever put yourself in that situation. But he has a pretty good frame, good arm. I don't know if he could start anywhere, but... I think he, he'll get picked up. I don't think he goes undrafted. Is, did he get invited to the combine, or he, he didn't get it because of that? Because he tore an ACL this season, so I think he's um he's not ready yet as far as combine measurements and stuff like that goes. I do think Johnny Menzel kind of ruined it for him. Mm. Just that, that kind of like quarterback who's on the cusp. He could be really good. He could just be average. He could be nothing. And then you have problems surrounding him, and it's, it's just something that you don't want to – it's definitely a late round pick, if anything. You don't want to build your franchise. Right? But Manziel's back on the comeback. So. Oh, gosh. I do want to ask, how do you guys feel about Joe Mixon not getting invited to the combine? Look, let, let's precipice this. We are not advocating in any way for what Joe Mixon did. What he did is disgusting. And I'll say right now, I have no problem with what the scouting combine did. I, I will be. It'll be interesting to see if there's a team that's willing to take that gamble because, my God, if we thought Ray Rice's issue was bad, 
this is going to be pretty bad for any team that drafts him. But my thing is, like, what year did that actually happen? Wasn't it like two years, three years ago? Mm. So, some it was a it was a, like when he was a freshman. Mm-hmm. At Oklahoma. Was, I believe it was 2014. Yeah, so I mean, he released that video. I think people forget that he let his attorneys release that video for people to know. So like when it came to the combine and he was going through all the questions, it wasn't going to come out during that period. You know what I mean? It could, that would really hurt him. At least they know what what he's getting into. Mm. But I think for him not to be able to go to the combine, I think. I think it's a little unfair because of how he has admitted to what he's done. He did serve a bunch of suspensions for it. I think he served his time for it. I, I, I mean, I just think, I know what he did was terrible. It was awful. If you've seen the video, it, it, it's astonishing what he did. And you can't ever condone anything like that. But, I mean, I don't know why, why he can't go to the combine around 40 in bench press. My thing with that, and yes, like Dave said, we don't condone violence, especially uh, domestic violence. He and you said he did pay his uh his uh yeah they sus- they suspended him one for a whole year. That, one thing that most people, I mean, if you don't pay attention to NFL combines and that, he's gonna he's gonna have a pro day, and whatever you can't do at the combine, he's gonna do his pro day. Now, is there gonna be a difference? I mean, most people use their pro day as like a second chance to redeem himself. Honestly, I don't think it. I don't think it will really matter. I think we'll find out what he's really about as pro day. Does it hurt his lead? Does it hurt his his uh, chances with the team? It's definitely. We just got off talking about Manziel and Shaq Kelly. Yeah. It's definitely going to affect him as far as getting drafted. But as far as like him and his performance, we'll find out what he can there's, do. No, there's several there. teams that he that we know can't draft him, like the Ravens, for example, and the Cowboys. Not that they would draft him running back. But I would have to say that there's a, a, a turning around franchise. Someone's trying to rebuild, definitely. And these running backs can't. I don't think would be willing to take that risk. An unstable franchise just isn't fit for an issue like that. It would have to be somewhere almost around like New England, where a lot of people have been saying that he's going to fall. And it's just it's tough for a team to want to take that risk unless they're very sturdy. And a, a Super Bowl champion team might be someone who's willing to take that risk and then they play. Uh, we just got word that it's come down that the Chiefs are negotiating a new deal with Eric Berry that would make him the highest paid safety in the National Football League. So we'll keep tabs on that. Is that deserved? Deservedly so. Yes, very deservedly. After we talk about Mixon and his problems, Eric Berry's opposite class act on and off the field. He, he, I think he means the most to Kansas City more than any other player on that team. So, I think they, they he's the soul of that team. Yes. He's about to be a cap casualty, and he's going to be. He'll play somewhere else. And he might, and he, and, he might and he might become an eagle. All I will say about the Joe Mixon situation is I have no problem with the NFL. Did you've had enough stains, and as much as we want to give this kid a second chance and all this sort of crap. I'm sorry, when he is blaming the girl for the reason that the fight started and that he, she hit him first and that's his argument <laughs> for why he hit her, I actually think you're stupider than I actually thought you were for hitting the girl in the first place if that's his logic for doing it. So he hasn't learned his lesson, in my opinion. And if he misses the scouting combine... Boo-hoo. All he was going to do anyway was probably answer questions 
And probably the best thing for him is to not have all those cameras pushed in his face. Because you know the cameras were going to be there. But at the end of the day, I don't think he deserved the right to go. There were plenty of other prospects that were clean on and off the field that have, that deserved that chance to go and put themselves out there. Joe Mixon blew his chance, in my opinion. <coughs> I definitely agree with you that domestic violence, domestic violence is an issue and important to be talked about. But was was there ever a document released of what was said in the situation? Like, do we know the? Was, All I know is they released the. Uh, we, we saw the video. We saw the. We saw no, the they released the tapes of him being interrogated. Okay. And he was completely sober, and he said that the reason that he hit her was because she hit him, and he thought it was a dude that hit her. Uh, what was released? What, from what I can remember, because I, uh, Colin gave me did cover it was. He had reported that she had, um, in his words, verbally abused him, and then she had spit on him and hit him, and then he gave her a warning, and then he had been pretty bad. Yeah, I, I mean, I just don't have a problem with what the NFL did when you look at what they've had to deal with. Yeah. And he, this kid is coming into the NFL. So if he misses the scouting combine – Oh, well. Mm-hmm. People can definitely get on the case for the NFL for maybe making some weird rules. They're fines for dumb stuff, for lack of a better word. But I think this is a subject that they can't get wrong, that they've gotten wrong in the past. So this is where they, they're making the right choice by being too strict. All right. So with, this, with the scouting combine in mind here, we've talked about Trubisky and we've talked about Watson We've talked about the quarterbacks. Let's talk about some of our teams here. We got a big fall on, of course, with the Ravens, with the Steelers, of course, with the Eagles, fairly represented here tonight. Let's start with the Eagles. What do we think the Eagles need to be looking at the most here going into this combine and really going into the draft? By the way, next week we will break down the NFL free agency and where we think players land. But let's start with the draft. Let's start with the Eagle man himself. I think skill players are a premium right now, whether it's offense or defense. I think you got to look secondary, corners individually, and you got to look outside help receiver-wise, then maybe running back. Now, they do have some – some. they're not elite at any, on any, any point on the, on the defense or offense. I would say this, the, sec, the safety is probably the best spot right now. you got you got your franchise quarterback right now. But they wouldn't be wrong for going D-line or O-line as well. But I think mainly the skill position needs to be addressed. Because, you, can, like I said earlier, you need to be able to pass the ball. You've got a quarterback. He needs weapons. Spoken like a true quarterback. You've got a, you've got a quarterback who needs weapons, but you also can't stop the pass either. Before we leave the Eagles, you know, me being an Eagles fan, I have to, have to shed my little light on this. Not as bright as Dan's because he's got he's – got, uh, Juice over there, but um, I definitely like you said we need to get um, we need to get skill positions. And one thing we all need to do, one thing they need to do is blow up that receiver court. We need to get a receiver. First two rounds, we need to get a receiver, safety, running back. Three rounds, first two rounds, receiver, safety, running back. Um, and then we also need to focus on the offensive line. They're very, they're very inconsistent. You know, when Lane Johnson wasn't there, we got eaten alive. We need to make sure we have uh, 
more than just one guy we can fall back on. And we definitely developed that in the draft. Maybe not in the later, later rounds, but we it's something that we could definitely work with, work for achievement. I think for the Eagles, and this is the same argument that I'm going to say for the Ravens here coming up, this is a very deep, defensive-heavy draft. I think the Eagles and the Ravens would be best served in free agency to get offensive pieces and focus on the defense and the draft. The Eagles, I think you need to get some youth at linebacker. There are talks that they may release or trade Connor Barwin. They, they need to get a little help on the defensive line alongside Fletcher Cox and definitely get one standout corner in that secondary because that's what you're severely lacking. you got serviceable safeties, but you don't have corners. And in the NFC East with Beckham, with we don't know who's going to be left in Washington, and with, da- with Dallas and Des Bryant and Jason Witten, you need good coverage, guys. It's the same thing with the Ravens and even with Pittsburgh, that they need to get good coverage, guys, that can be able to match with the talent at receiver they're facing. I mean, you can say that about really almost every team that doesn't already have that lockdown corner. Eagles just need to make sure they go through the draft, not free agency again. But the crazy part about the Eagles is that we've said, and I'm going on record by saying, in the last at least three years, we need to get DBs. We've gotten inconsistent DBs in free agency, and we've passed up on decent DBs in the draft. And I'm talking about DBs we did develop. And it amazes me how. You can you you know what you need to do, but yet you go another direct direction, and that's something that I will, I will always question. But I'm not in a position to make the decision, therefore I keep my opinion to myself in, in this podcast. So let's change it now to the Pittsburgh Steelers. That's Peyton's team. If you haven't figured that out by now, Peyton, what do you guys think the Steelers need to do here in a draft to make them a better team? I mean, I think they've made such great progress within the draft with Brian Shazier. Artie Burns then turned out to be a great player for us down the line. He struggled in the beginning, but he embraced that first corner role. I think they need to keep improving on the defensive side. I think they need to find another safety. Mike Mitchell is becoming more of a liability. Sean Davis is becoming a stud for Maryland. He made such great plays. Um, I, I think the defense is the, one of the bigger things. My biggest thing is they need to think about a quarterback because Ben's already talking about this is getting near the end. And I think he talked about maybe retiring to, like, wake them up. Like, you guys need to think about, like, someone else. You need to think about someone else. I I don't know who it is. I don't know what they need to do. There's not a lot of quarterbacks to take in this draft. I like the Texas Tech guy. I don't know if he could fall to them. I don't know if they had taken one in the third round or second or whatever, but I, I think they need to think about a quarterback. I like Jimmy Garoppolo, but I doubt they'll get him. doubt they'll pay him. I First off, I'll make this statement right now. Jimmy Garoppolo does not get moved this year, and I don't think he gets traded at all before he's a free agent. Because so you, why would you? Do you think he becomes you know, the next in line? No, I think he becomes a free agent. I think teams – right now, the teams have the leverage on the Patriots. Because they, you can force the hand in New England really fast to say, well, do you like Jacoby Brissett or do you like Jimmy Garoppolo? You got Garoppolo's due to hit free agency 
not next year, but the year after, I believe. I may be wrong. Within the next two years, he hits free agency. If I'm a team, because let's be honest, the teams that are desperate for quarterback, Jimmy Garoppolo is not going to come in and save that team. Cleveland, San Francisco, Chicago. These teams are not going to drastically improve by getting a Jimmy Garoppolo. And we've seen teams trying to do that before from from the Patriots, you know, the Matt Castles and um, but that's what I'm saying is force the Patriots' hand, and then if they decide, well, we don't like Garoppolo, they'll release him at the end of his contract, and then you can then it's a bidding war. But I wouldn't trade anything right now. One of those high picks for Jimmy Garoppolo, I would make New, I would make Belichick and Kraft and those guys in New England have to choose now between Brissett. And Garoppolo, because I've read that there are some that like Percet and there are some that like Jimmy Garoppolo. I don't, really give I don't care about Jacoby. I, <laughs> I, I mean, yeah, yeah. I think I think where you, when you said how the other teams have leverage, I think that's incorrect. I believe that the Patriots have all the leverage because these none of the, we say this every year. These quarterbacks are not surefire. We haven't had a surefire prospect since Andrew Luck. So why not go for go for uh, yeah, Garoppolo? But wait, wait, do we honestly think that Jimmy Garoppolo is this sure thing? I'm not. None of the teams that are looking that would make. I think Jimmy. I think Jimmy's more. I think Jimmy's more of a sure thing. If Jimmy went to the Jets, I think they got a shot. If Garoppolo goes out of that division, or if they can trade, they decide to trade him. I think he is more ready. Step in day one to get any of these teams: the Bears, the Jets, the Bills. 49ers, I think he's more equipped to get them closer to a playoff berth than Trubisky, Watson, Kaiser. I just don't think I'm ready to say, after watching just two games of Jimmy Garoppolo, that he, he he's this great quarterback that we you need to trade for. That's why if I'm a team, I go, yeah, okay, did I like what I saw at college? Yes. Did I like what I saw in the two games? Uh, open for interpretation, each to his own. But do I want to risk my future? For a guy that's played in two career games and got hurt, by the way, got hurt in that game, in those two, just two games, I wouldn't have that faith just yet. Uh, that's just my opinion. Here's something that Duke said that y'all, uh, I don't know if y'all heard, and something that actually is a very good point. Any teams that are interested in getting either one of these guys are not going to make the playoffs. These are just temporary, temporary quarterbacks until they can make the next move. So with all that being said, I don't, I don't see any problem with anyone getting either one of them. One of them is going to go, and whoever, whichever one's going to go is not going to stay there. He's not going to be the number one quarterback for more than three years. He's, they're going to be out of their bye by the fourth year at most. All right, so back to the Steelers thing. I also think the other thing the Steelers need to invest in is to get some youth a little bit on that offensive line as well. Mm. They have good young Linemen and DeCastro, Villanueva, but you got Marcus Gilbert that's often injured. Yeah. Mike Pouncey's often injured. You need to reassure that that second group of linemen that if there is one that goes down, because there's drastic difference with the Steelers when one of the linemen go down. There is. I, I mean, I've seen how bad this O line was. I mean, if you think about it, they've come a long way. Roethlisberger was one of those sack quarterbacks for such a long period, and he he doesn't get hit that often, which is what we need. I don't know. I think 
I don't think I think you need to think about it as well like a quarterback. Gilbert definitely is the biggest, you know, eye, like eyebrow raise. You got to think about him. But Villanueva, DeCastro is a stud. You got to think about that. And if you want to maintain this run game that is working so well, yeah. I don't think you need to waste the first, second, third round pick for it, though. I think you can wait around for it a little bit. By the way, we were talking about Antonio Brown and the top averages per year paid. I have the list of the top five. Uh, Antonio Brown at $17 million. That's what is projected now. Calvin Johnson was at $16.2 million. Larry Fitzgerald at $16.1. A.J. Green at $15 million. Julio Jones fifth on that list with $14.2 million annually. So that's where Antonio Brown will stack up in the new contract. So before we get to final drive, let's talk about the Baltimore Ravens real fast. Okay, um, I think there's a lot of a lot of ways the Ravens can go here. There, you might lose Brandon Williams, Big Sacrifice, great run stopper. I think that's somewhere you can go in the draft to fill in. You can go ed, edge rusher. Elvis Dumermill is probably going to get a cap casualty. Uh, Terrell Suggs is getting old. You can replace there, but we do have young talent. Uh, middle linebacker C.J. Mosley is obviously a centerpiece, but Zachary Orr, leading tackler, all pro last year. Out, uh, career's over with a neck injury, and so they're going to need to replace a spot in there. Uh, safety was not bad with Eric Weddle and their Darius Webb. Liabilities. Lie, they have their moments. I'm not going to give you all that. Um, Eric Weddle could have made a tackle on one yard line, but you know, as Peyton Moss in the room, I guess. <laughs> uh, I just think that there's a lot, and you go young safety to fill in there, but we definitely need a cornerback with um, the way Antonio Brown just got re-signed. He's going to, you know, ball out. And A.J. Green, who we've, who we've also talked about. A lot of positions on the defense that this draft could really help. Alternatively, on the offensive, on the offense, we need the offensive line to improve. You know, we have, um, uh, what's his name, uh, Rick Wagner's going to be a free agent this year. Or is it James Rick Rick Wagner's a yeah, free sorry, agent. I, I get the mix up all the time. And he's, he's the second best tackle in free agency right now, so he's definitely going to get a payday. Probably Ravens won't afford to re-sign him like they did last year only. But having uh, Ronnie Stanley, he's going to be a centerpiece of left tackle for a long time, I believe. And you have, um, we also need a receiver, too. And running back. I think the Ravens. I'll say this. I'll say this. I think the Ravens should sign offense. I think that Rick Wagner needs to be a priority over Brandon Williams because I think a lot of issues with protecting Joe Flacco in the run game starts and ends at that offensive line with players getting hurt all the time and you're having different groups, different uh, rotations each week. You need to get something set, and Rick Wagner is not going to break the bank. I'm sorry, he's not a break-the-bank type of right tackle. He's a good, he's a good right tackle, but he ain't going to break the bank. So you need to re-sign him. I think you look in the draft to get the defense. Deep draft, get the youth, and inject it in the defense. And I think in a perfect world, in the first three rounds, if you don't sign a safety, if you sign either a safety or a corner, you get the other in the first round. Then you go pass rusher because it's a really deep draft, pass rusher, and then get an inside linebacker to go along with Camel and Correa. But at the end of the day, Ozzie Newsom just needs to hit on this draft. Yeah, he, I mean, Ozzie's great hitting on the draft. He always brings in new players, replaces the talent. Uh, I just feel like the offensive line, Rick Wagner's 
has some injury issues. There's a lot of inconsistency there all along the front with um, everyone on the offensive line, Jeremy Zuda in particular. And I feel like you need to, there's also a, uh, some players that we were talking about we didn't get to it, but we were talking about players who need to, uh, need to perform at the combine. A um, Ramchek from the from Wisconsin, he uh, played D3 at the start of his career, moved up in group, and then he uh, he really, he would be a nice fit on the, on the Ravens. Did you say I think you said age group instead of division. Sure. Sorry. <laughs> like, what are we playing? D right now? So let me just say this. You're on the field. For the Ravens, going forward, that was me. That was I me. Got, I know oh you my. live, Dykes. I know where you live. Remember that. That's creepy. Yeah. I'll say that. The last thing I'll say before we get to final drive, quite simply, for the Ravens, is they just need to hit on the draft. No more home runs. Just get some plug-and-play guys early, and I think the team automatically turns around. A thing that I've always liked to follow is defense can use youth because you need that energy on the field. Offense can use experience and composure. Yep. Oh, oh, that's a gem right there. If you don't that know. That's a gem right there. Don't doubt If you don't know. And I, I love this. I absolutely love, love, love this. You want to know how much Joe Flacco is going to make this year? $24.5 million. That will be reduced. Nice, nice. That's going to get changed in the extension. Yeah, that's going to be cut down. They're going to spread that money out. Mm. How much longer does he have? How much more leeway does he get? Not too too much more. All right, so let's let's wrap this, this very interesting show together. All right, we're going one minute, 30 seconds tonight for final drive. Since, since Duke is new to this, we'll, we'll let some of our seasoned veterans here go first so that you can decide what you want to talk about for your final drive. So we'll, talk, we'll give it to Peyton, who is rocking the Phil Kessel jersey tonight for his final drive. Take it away. I got you. I probably won't take it away. I'm going to say the Steelers – need to think about a quarterback. I'm tired of them delaying this inevitable thing that Ben Officer is going to play forever. He's getting beat up at each year. More knee problems are coming along. Just consider taking a quarterback, even to teach him. I don't know if he'll learn the system. I don't know if he'll work well. But just consider it. There are some quarterbacks that we could take, and he, Ben might be able to shape him up. Todd Haley might be able to shape him up. Just think about it. Don't worry about the money. Think about the future of this team. We don't want to fall off and we can't rebuild because that's not what the Steelers do. We can't afford to do that. Rothlinger is giving you a warning that it's coming close to an end. So wake up and think about taking another quarterback. Before, before I start. Never mind. What, you get extra time? <laughs> what I want to talk about is this uh, so-called ghostwriter mentality we have nowadays in the, the music industry. Um, rappers who use ghostwriters, you guys, no, you're not a rapper. I'm sorry. You are an entertainer. I'm talking to you, Drake. I'm talking to you, Nikki. Any of you writers, any of you, go- any of you that use ghostwriters, you are not a rapper. You're an entertainer. With that being said, Remy Ma this weekend slaughtered uh, Nicki Minaj's career with the sheather. That took a couple listens, but yes, she did body her. 
And I would love to sit here and say Nicki Minaj can bounce back, but she cannot because why? She is a labeled ghostwriter. I want to say for those of you out there who think that ghostwriting is cool, it's not. You're not an MC. Like like the great master Funk Flex said, you need to write your own raps in order to be a true rap uh, artist. Thank you. Dave sees one tweet on Twitter today, and he's just been on this all day. First, well, since you're new to this, since since you're new to this, I've been following this ever since Kay broke it the other day. Oh, I'm not ready. You're up, Dan. I got a timer. Oh, I didn't my know God. Saturday night, folks, we watched a top five matchup between two great teams, Arizona-UCLA. And I'm here to address the comments of Lonzo Ball's father. Look, your son is great. The kid is the next Jason kid. Can yeah. shoot, pass, Whoa. play defense. But for you to sit here and call him the next, he's better than Steph Curry, that is absolutely disrespectful. And on the right of blasphemy. Steph Curry has two MVPs, an NBA Finals MVP and championship. The kid, your son, is not there yet. And the other son needs to play some defense. Shut up and let your kids get better, and then we'll talk a couple more years. Are you, are you ready there, Duke, or you want me to go? You, you, you go. I got you none of that. So, in the, in the spirit of being pissed off in the world, the, one of the most outrageous comments I read this week came from Baylor University's women's basketball coach who tried to say that the 40-plus sexual assaults that have occurred at Baylor University from the football team, that resulted in the head coach of the football team being fired, the athletic director being fired, the president of the university being fired, the Title IX coordinator being fired. She has the gumption, and you live in your own little bubble there, Baylor. I get it. You write your own press. It's not that big of a story. Well, I'm sorry. To the outside world, it's a huge effing story. You repeatedly broke the Title IX law. You put women's lives in danger. And you, as a woman and a coach of a woman's team, is going to sit there and tell me that the reporters need to shove it and need to stop reporting on it? No, that is blasphemy what you have done. You are ignorant to your fault, and there is more that you need to do than just apologize. That's it. Bring on the death penalty. Bingo. I, mean, I, I, I could actually see that coming. I wouldn't be surprised. Before Duke gets started, I want you guys to know, I was trying my hardest not to say anything about the Sixers. <laughs> it was on the tip of my tongue all day. Until I saw something earlier today, but it was it wasn't in the back of my mind. You're so relevant at this point. It's just the same record, just playing. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I had to, I had to switch it up. I had to switch it up. I, I was, was with you. I was with you, but they're not even close to coming back at this point now. I didn't say we're not, we're not making the playoffs anymore. Duke. Okay, I had a fever. All right, so. We are now finally able to do Duke's final drive. We had a little audio issue.
By the way, Peyton Gerard and Dan Williams have left the building. Yo, boy. Dan will be back next week, and we'll wrap this up here after Duke does his final drive. All right, so something's been bothering me lately watching ESPN sports and everything. Just the lack of hockey coverage on ESPN. It's not their fault. NBC has a lot of... Sorry, Dan was making some kind of active movement. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna beat Dan up later for something you just said, but it's not important. Um, I just want to say that, like, you know, hockey's an amazing sport to watch. It's uh, a lot of fun, a lot of energy. Stevenson has two tremendous hockey teams that it's hard to watch and go see. And it's just something a sport that really doesn't spread to the spread to everyone the way that other sports do based on the media, and that's something that I think is important to show other sports. All right, so we that, didn't even time it. Dang, I'm no, sorry. but very good. That will do it here for us on the opening kickoff I, podcast. I have, to, I have to clarify myself. I have to correct myself. It should have been Funk Master Flex. I don't know what I said. Apparently, I said something else, and I'm very sorry. <laughs> but when I was, I was, I was. You were in the moment. You were. It's okay. You were in the uh, moment. I, I was trying so hard to stay off of the Sixers. To to be fair. Every time I'm on here, David has to do a retraction. <laughs> every time? Not every time. Uh, didn't you say, like, the, the Blue Jackets won, like, the, the Stanley Cup once? No, I never said that. Denial. No, I know what I said. I'm not going to tell you. Fake news. Okay. So. Right, is, I am not the Trump administration, all right? Oh, 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 oh. That's not what this is about. All right. So, we're going to wrap this up here. Peyton and Dan have left the building. Duke Becker, thank you for coming on. We'll have you back on closer to Stanley Cup time. And we have a special guest coming in next week, one of our favorites. Coach Gary Stewart and a Stevenson men's basketball team will be here. We'll talk conference championships and basketball. And we are going to talk about the NFL free agency, probably play Let's Make a Deal. And, and we may just continue our conversation as the top 20 receivers. Because he has to get his 20 out. We also have to talk about the history of rap as well. So we got a lot to cover next week. It's a loaded show, ladies and gentlemen. It's a loaded show. Oh, Coach Dewey, it's always a great time. It's always a great time. So for Duke Becker, for David Miles, for Dan and Peyton who are left, I'm Dave Stonewittle. So long, good night, enjoy your week, and we will talk to you all next week. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.